Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D, and today I'll be bringing you part one of the case of Briasia Terrell in Davenport, Iowa. Let's get right to it. Briasia Terrell was born on December 4, 2009. By 2020, she was 10 years old and a student at Monroe Elementary School in Davenport, Iowa. Briasia played basketball at Monroe Elementary and her coach would later recall to WHBF that basketball was Briasia's favorite sport. She loved it so much that she always kept a ball with her just in case she got the chance to shoot some hoops. Briasia played the game with her whole heart, as she did with everything else in life. Those who knew and loved her described her as a caring and compassionate soul. Little Briasia loved animals in the outdoors, but most of all, spending time with her family and friends. And on July 9, 2020, that's exactly what the 10-year-old was doing. Her mom, Aisha Lankford, was at work, so Briasia was spending time at her grandmother's house with her half-brothers. One we're gonna call C and another D. Briasia was the middle child. Her brother C was older at 13 and D was the baby, only eight years old at the time. The siblings lived at their grandma's apartment with their mom and grandma Donita, and Donita frequently watched the kids while Aisha worked her shift at Checkers. Briasia, C, and D were all close to one another, and in particular, Briasia and her youngest brother D, the closest. Though they were right there together in age, at times Briasia saw herself as a second mom to her little brother Dee, and she looked after him. Their mom Aisha had gone to work and all three kids were home with Anita. But they wouldn't be for long because eight-year-old Dee had plans to go and spend some time with his biological father. You see, Dee didn't have the same father as C and Briasia, and his biological father, a man named Henry Dinkins, hadn't exactly been involved in his life. Well, at least not since he was a few months old. He had seen him sporadically at cookouts and other events since his mom and Henry had some friends in common. They ran into each other here and there around town and Dee liked him well enough, but a steady father figure in his life, Henry was not. Although when he did interact with Dee and his half-siblings, he had always been nice enough that the kids thought he was a pretty cool guy. According to later court testimony, 8-year-old D had very recently expressed to his mom that he wanted to spend time with his father. Very recently, as in the day before when by chance Aisha and D were in the car and saw Henry Dinkins pulling into a gas station. D told his mom that he wanted to spend time with his biological father, so Aisha pulled into the gas station behind Henry and told him what their son had just said. Henry Dinkins welcomed the idea and Aisha and Henry exchanged phone numbers, planning that Dee would come and spend a few days with Henry. This was Wednesday, July 8, 2020. Throughout that day, Henry and Aisha texted back and forth making arrangements. 
At some point, it was decided that Henry would go to Danita's apartment the next day, July 9th, to pick Dee up. And Henry Dinkins did just what he said he'd do. He arrived at the apartment around 11.30 in the morning to get his son. Of course, when he arrived, not only did Dee want to go, but his siblings as well. 13-year-old C asked to tag along first, but Henry Dinkins said no, claiming that the 2012 Chevy Camaro he was driving was too small. And it was small, though it did have a back seat and could safely seat up to four people. Danita was likely glad no was the answer, however, because the plan was only for Dee to go. With Aisha busy at work, she planned to stick with the original arrangements. Briasia asked to go along as well, but her grandmother said no. However, Dee really wanted her to go. This was supposed to be a fun thing and it wouldn't be half as fun all alone. And besides, this was his first time going to his father's. He'd probably have felt more comfortable to have his big sister around. So, Dee told Briasia to come with him. And despite being told no by their grandma, Briasia walked out the door with Dee and climbed into Henry's car. And they were off. Later that afternoon, Aisha called her mom to check on the kids and Anita told her that both Briasia and Dee had gone with Henry. It seemed that was okay with Aisha, though it wasn't the original plan. The day went on with Aisha at work, Danita and C at the house. After work, Aisha swung by her apartment to pack bags of clothes for Briasia and Dee. She then brought the clothes over to the apartment where Henry was staying with the kids. It was the apartment of Henry Dinkins' longtime girlfriend, Andrea Colberson. Aisha brought over the clothes for both Dee and Briasia, which included pajamas for the night. She called Henry Dinkins when she arrived at the apartment, and he sent Briasia down to get the clothes. Aisha had brought the family dog along for the ride, and Briasia was excited to see her pet. She played with the dog for a few moments and then tried to go back up into the apartment, dog in tow, but her mom called her back to the car and grabbed the dog. Aisha Langford had no way of knowing, but that was the last time she'd ever see her 10-year-old daughter, Briasia, alive again. At between 9 and 10 p.m., Aisha received a text that read, Good night, Mom. Aisha responded, Good night. I love you, Bree and Dee. The night passed and the following morning, Aisha got an early morning call from her job at Checkers, asking if she could come in early to cover a shift, so she got dressed and headed into work. Aisha arrived and clocked in at approximately 8.04 a.m. A few minutes later, at 8.08 a.m., Aisha received a text from Henry Dinkins that said, Call me. She tried to call several times, but the calls didn't go through. A little aggravated, Aisha texted back, Just call me. I'm not about to play telephone. Moments later, Henry Dinkins called and told Aisha that he had just woken up and Briasia was missing from the apartment. As you can imagine, Aisha was beside herself asking what in the hell he meant by missing and if he had contacted police. Henry Dinkins told her that he was headed to the police department right that very moment. She hung up the phone and called several family members, one of them being her Uncle Earl. She explained to her uncle what had just happened and he told her that she needed to call 911. Uncle Earl was all of us when he told Aisha that he didn't believe Dinkins had reported anything, and she needed to do it now. 
So Aisha called 911 and tried to report her daughter missing. She began telling the operator that Henry Dinkins should be at the police station. By this point, it was 829 and he told her he was on the way. Aisha was informed that no one matching Henry's description was at the station. She gave the operator Henry's phone number so they could contact him and she was told to stay put at work and that someone would call her back. But she couldn't just stay at work. Her 10-year-old daughter was missing. She hopped in her car and headed to the Davenport Police Department. Aisha was headed west on Locust Street towards the police station when she saw Dinkins driving at a high rate of speed in the opposite direction. Aisha popped a Yui and flew up behind him, honking and tailgating him, trying to get him to pull over. Henry Dinkins pulled into the nearby McDonald's parking lot and Aisha jumped out of her car and confronted him. During the confrontation, Henry told her that he didn't know his own address, so he couldn't report Briasia missing, so he was headed to Andrea's apartment, and if she wanted to get the address, she'd have to follow him to get it. So she did. She grabbed her son Dee, and they followed Henry. They arrived at the Jersey Meadow Apartments, and an officer arrived moments later. Officer Craig Burkle was initially speaking to Aisha Langford, gathering basic information, when Henry Dinkins walked up and began to tell his story, and it was captured on the officer's body-worn camera. Okay. What's up, Henry? So when was the last time you saw her? She was in the house. Yeah, when was the last time you saw her? 9.30. Last night? 9.30. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. When was the last so, time you saw her? She was in the bed when I woke up in the morning. She was in the bed? Yeah. When you went to bed last night? Okay. Um, this is crazy, man. This yeah. is like, you know what I'm saying? I know she fucking going fucking hysterical, big brother. Yeah. D-I-N. K-I-N-S. Uh, your date of birth, Henry? August 2nd, 72. Is this your home address? No. What's your address? It's down by Boston Carina. Just a guy, just yeah. I, I just know that. You I don't, don't know your address. I don't know the full address. Do you know your phone number? Uh, hell no, I don't even know that either. I swear to God, I don't. Henry, you don't know where your daughter is. You don't know your address. And you no, don't no, know no, your no, phone no, number. No, no, for real, I'm finna so, give you. You think I'll be lying? But well, no, it's just it's, it's kind of. A, I don't. I don't call myself. I know, but you gotta know your number. You gotta know your address. I don't, so this is your girlfriend's address here? This is good friend. Okay. Okay, here go my phone right here. I bet people uh, are banging on it. 563 yep. 726 4078. 4078? 4078. Okay, what was she last wearing? In the bed. Uh, what you have on? Some shorts? What and color? I don't remember. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't What's know. her height and weight, you think? She's a little taller than he is. She's just tall. Okay. She's a little taller than that. She's yeah. Okay. What's her? What kind of? What's her hair look like? She has dreads. Long. Dreads. Long. Yep. Long and dreads hair. Yep. Like shoulder length or Down. middle of the back. Down here. Okay. Mid back dreads. Right. Is that how we would yes. label that? Yes. The white shirt. White. All white. white all white T-shirt. Yep. And. You guys don't have alarms or anything on your doors if the door is open? No. Okay. Um, and 
listen, I know this sounds dumb. I, I've lost my kids too. Right. Okay. Um, actually, mine just happened last week. And we went back in and we found them in the bedroom. No, we just searched. Okay. Just, just I, searched. I'm going to ask you to who, who have you called? Who, what doors call. have you knocked on? I, I, I don't know these people out here. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause, but I called her. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And she told me she was at work. At first, I was riding around looking. And then, me and my son started riding around looking. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then, so, how long ago did you? Has it been an hour? It's been a couple hours. A couple hours? A couple hours. Okay. A couple hours. Um, have we called grandmas? Uh, have we called cousins? That's what, I, that's what I just asked. She the one. I don't know all that. She knows all that. She called. She She knows all that, not me. Okay. Do we have a picture? She does. Okay. Yeah. Mom. Yeah, she got the picture me, bro. Who's the girl that lives here? Andrea. Andrea? Yeah. What's Andrea's last name? Culberson. Culberson. He need a picture of her. The she and her Dinkins kept referring to was Aisha Langford, and the child's voice that could be heard, of course, was Dee. As the officer was asking for a photo, Aisha walked back over and told him she didn't have one with her, and at that point, a confrontation ensued between Henry and Aisha. Have we called um, family? I've called everybody. We, I have my okay. uncle out riding around. My mom's Man, on her way out here. My we've been everywhere. We've here. been every okay. fucking way. And, and she's, she's going to be with a friend inside some apartment, That's most likely. That's why I said, I'm, I'm going to still look. Okay. We, don't, we don't know anybody out here. That's yeah. the she would have never, she would, how many, she would have never, first of all, she would have never woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and she would have never, I, what you mean, 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm just saying, you know, that, that ain't what I said, hey guys, guys, that. this isn't the time to fight, exactly, I don't give a fuck about you walking, nigga, you that. lost her though, how did I fucking lose, because shit. you was watching her, Henry, what the fuck do you mean, but, hey, I'm gone, sir, come on, D, listen to me, well, you guys got to, you guys got to come together right now. This isn't a time to fight about it. Okay. Um, so, well, hey, if you... How am I supposed to... What, what do you want me to do? I got everything, bro. I got nothing. You see how she, she stepped on me? You know what I mean, saying? like I fucking like I, I got no picture. I got no. What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Right. I get it, Henry. I get it. I get it. All I can do is look. I get it, Henry. Henry, let's go inside the apartment one more time. After Aisha had left, the officer walked back to the apartment to search to make sure Briasia wasn't hiding somewhere inside. This part of the audio is hard to make out, so I'll just fill you in. The officer made it to the apartment door and knocked. Henry Dinkins was standing next to the officer when he then walked away, saying she'll answer the door. The she he was referring to this time was Andrea, and she did eventually answer the door. The officer asked her when the last time she saw Briasia was, and Andrea said, She was here. I fell asleep around 11 or midnight, and she was in the bed sleeping. He pressed further, asking if Andrea ever heard anything, maybe Briasia walking out or anything like that, and she responded no. The officer asked if he could come inside, and Andrea reluctantly let him in. Officer Burkle walked through the apartment. There was no sign of Briasia, but the apartment appeared normal and nothing seemed too out of place. But something about the situation didn't feel right. 
It wasn't exactly anything he could put his finger on. There was no physical evidence that anything sinister had happened to Briasia. But seemingly no one who was with the 10-year-old that night seemed to be telling the whole story. And there didn't seem to be any urgency. I mean, Henry Dinkins said he hadn't even knocked on his neighbor's doors looking for Briasia because he didn't know them. As if that would stop a reasonable person who believes a child has gone missing from their apartment. And his girlfriend Andrea was what? Chilling inside the apartment? Things already didn't add up. The only person who appeared to be in actual distress was Briasia's mom. With Aisha gone, Officer Burkle was just there at the scene with minimal details, getting more concerned by the minute. So he called his supervisor and resources started to trickle and then pour in. Officers began to search the apartments and the wooded area near them. At some point, Henry Dinkins just left without saying anything to officers on scene. As it turned out, when Aisha Lankford had left the apartment in a rage, she had actually left for a purpose, to get a photo of Briasia. So she went home and gathered all the photos she could find, along with family members, to help in the search for her daughter. They all responded back to the Jersey Meadow apartments and began going door to door alongside officers. The morning wore on into afternoon. And with no sign of Briasia, investigators wanted to sit down and get as much information as they could. Aisha and her son Dee went down to the station to talk. Aisha told investigators everything she knew about the last time she had seen her daughter at the apartment complex when she dropped off the clothes. And Briasia's little brother, 8-year-old Dee, filled in the details from there. He told investigators that he was excited to go to Henry's to play the Xbox and PS4. That after Henry picked him up, they went to go get cigarettes and then to Andrea's apartment. Once they got to the apartment, Dee was playing video games in the living room. Briasia was in the bedroom playing a jumping game and Henry was in there as well. The eight-year-old was a little upset about the time and attention Henry was giving to his sister. After all, the whole reason for the visit was for Dee to spend time with his biological father. After a little while, the kids ate pizza rolls and a ham sandwich for dinner the sandwich made by Dee and Briasia themselves. They ate the food in the living room since there was no kitchen table. And then they played games for a while longer. Briasia was wearing a long white t-shirt Henry had given her to wear to bed. Regardless of the fact that Aisha had made a special trip to bring over clothes, which included pajamas. Henry gave both kids one of his t-shirts to sleep in. They were each given a 4X plain white t-shirt. According to Dee, when he last saw Briasia, she was wearing the t-shirt and a pair of black shorts. Briasia had laid down on the bed in the bedroom and fell asleep first, and sometime later, Dee got in the bed with her and also fell asleep. In the middle of the night, Dee woke up after he was kicked in the leg by Briasia. He initially said he went back to sleep and woke up and his sister was gone. The detective walked him through the story again, and this time the details changed a bit and Dee revealed that after he had been kicked, he saw Henry walk with Briasia down the stairs and towards the door leading out of the apartment. Though the story was a bit confusing, Dee was an 8-year-old child at the time. 8-year-old children aren't exactly ideal witnesses, but investigators needed to find Briasia. 
And up to this point, Dee was the only one who was in that house that night that was talking. Anyhow, after Dee saw Henry and Briasia walk out the door, he then saw Andrea in the bedroom. She was looking out the windows for Henry and Briasia. At that point, Andrea told Dee to go into the living room, so he did, and he laid on the couch. Dee said he pretended to sleep as Andrea sat up messing with her phone. The boy said that when his father had left, he didn't have his cell phone with him, and the cell phone was dead at the house. At some point, Henry returned and was yelling at his girlfriend. According to Dee, he was yelling about orange juice. Henry packed up the kids' clothes and they got into the purple car, they being Dee and Henry. According to the eight-year-old, Henry then took him to a place to go fishing. He told Dee that there were six people down there and he was going fishing with them and had to give them $100. And then Dee said something disturbing. So he could go fishing with them? Where were you? In the car. I had to sit in the car by myself. You sat in the car? Did you see your dad get anything out of the car? He grabbed some, he's complained, he grabbed some bleach. And what I saw in his trunk, he pulled it out. It was a knife. He had some bleach? Mm-hmm. And, and a knife? Yeah. How? Bleach and knife. What kind of knife? Uh, it's some big knife. So you saw him grab a bleach and knife out? Yeah. Where were you at when he I was, was fishing? In, I was in, oh, I was in the car. I know, but and where was he? And when we went to his house, when we went back to his house, he forgot something. He went in the house to grab his big old knife and then he put it in his trunk. Okay. So let me talk. It's what color? It's purple. It's purple? Okay. Where did he grab that knife from? His trunk. His trunk? And then he washed it off. He washed off what? The knife. Washed it off with what though? Uh, some bleach and some, uh, a rag. He washed it off with a rag. With a rag? Where was the rag at? In his car. Okay. Do you know where he, he went fishing this morning? Do you think you could take me that way? I don't remember that way. What if I drove you down it's that way? It's a long way. That's okay. I don't remember. I don't remember where he was at. Okay. So it's just a place where he got stuck. He got stuck? His car He needed another push. Who helped push him? The six people that he asked, that he asked, that he went fishing with. So this morning, after your sister left, he came back and got you, and then you, he, he went fishing. Did you see his fishing poles? He didn't have any. He didn't have no fishing poles. He bite he bite it for he can uh, fish with them. You he what? He bought it for he can fish with them. He, so he had the fishing poles? He borrowed them from, yeah. the fishing poles from other people? Did you actually see your dad with fishing poles? Or did he tell you he went fishing? He told me he went fishing. But he left you in the car? Yeah. Okay. And then you saw him with bleach and a knife? Yeah. Okay. Big knife. A big knife. And he cleaned it? Yeah. Okay. What, did you ask him about that? No. Okay. Um... Let's talk about he went fishing. Um, 
did he go? Did you see him go with people, or did he just get out by himself? He got out by himself when he went down there. There was already six people down there. That's what he told you. Did you see those six people? You never saw anybody. He just told me there were six people down there. He told you there were six people down there. How long do you think you were in that car? Long. Huh? How long? I couldn't see the time. Okay. Did it feel like it felt like forever though? After you or your daddy went fishing, where did you go? He took me to my nana house. I mean, to go to her. To meet your mom? Yeah. Okay. By McDonald's in the parking lot. Okay. Bleach, a knife, an early morning fishing trip? Things were getting more alarming by the second. As Dee continued to speak with investigators, he explained that while Henry was by the water, he could smell the bleach. After the strange fishing trip, Dee recalled Henry calling Aisha to tell her that Briasia was missing, and then of course that meetup at McDonald's. Investigators asked the little boy if he would be able to take them to the locations he had gone with Henry, and he said that he could. Investigators would later take Dee for that drive, but first, they'd speak to Henry Dinkins. At 12 o'clock that afternoon, Henry Dinkins arrived at the Davenport Police Station. And he was pissed off from the moment he walked in the door. As he sat in the interrogation room, he tried to make three phone calls. Eventually, he was speaking on the phone to Officer Burkle, who basically wanted to know where in the fresh hell Henry was. Henry attempted to explain he was at the police station, but he was frazzled. Eventually, officers at the station explained to the officer over the phone that Henry was at the station and about to speak with a detective. The call ended, and after a few moments, the interview began, first with the detective gathering basic information, and with Henry Dinkins making sure to claim that he had helped raise Briasia, who he referred to as Bree. He tried to make it seem as if he had some consistent role in the kids' lives, but then moments later, didn't even know his own biological son's last name. Eventually, they got down to the details of what Henry claimed happened. Henry recounted picking the kids up that previous day from their grandmothers, though he couldn't remember what time or what vehicle he had driven. He said they then went to his cousin Vincent's house and then to his kinda girlfriend, kinda friend, Andrea's apartment. By the way, according to Andrea, the pair had been in a relationship for almost six years. Anyhow, according to Henry, the kids played video games, ate, and took showers before heading to bed. All which basically lined up with what Dee had said. And that's where the similarities ended. Henry's recollection of events was almost non-existent, and from this point on, it certainly didn't match those of 8-year-old Dee, who Henry referred to as Dink. But it was his story, and the detective let him tell it. So, just so I have it straight, you went to Vince's, you come back, how long in between when you got... I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to put the time frame together, I took yeah. it off, but I know where, where I went. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and that's what yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just, I'll figure out. And then... Uh, so you got back from Quick Shop with the cigarettes, and then what happened after that? Nothing. No, well, okay. So you, but then you got back. Uh, then I, like I said, I got back. Oh, 
I just, I just, I don't know what time it was, sir. Okay, all I know that's fine. Is, we can move past that. All I know is, at one point or another, you notice that Bree is not in the, in the room. room. Okay. Um, and then so, what do you do immediately after you notice Bree's not? I go, I go outside. Go outside. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. the first thing I did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I went outside. Okay. And, and then, like, just around the area, or did you get in the car and drive well, somewhere? I went around the area first. Okay. And then I started moving around, like, trying to get close within the areas. You know what I mean? Trying to look to see if she was walking, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And for the sake of, I, I'm not looking to hand me off on a driving charge. If you went and drove and tried to find her in certain places, that's... that's I, would, I, would, I went in the area where, out there, you know what I'm saying, like, trying to see... Around the apartment complex. No, like, outside, you know what I'm saying, like, when I put in, I would have like those Like those businesses and stuff like no, that? No, like or? the streets. Okay. You know what I'm saying, like, you know what I'm saying? The nearby streets. I bought it. I don't know what streets. I mean, I don't. Uh, like the streets that would go back, the streets that would go forward. You know what I'm saying? It was like by um, blockbusters. Blockbuster. You mean the, the video, video, family video, family yeah, video. You know, I call them yeah, blockbusters. Gotcha. Still gotcha. You know what I'm saying? But, yep. Um, and then, how long were you looking for her? Approximately the first time. What you mean the first time? I looked for 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 a while. I've been looking for a period. Yeah, no, but it, but then you do come back to the apartment you said earlier. When I went looking for her, I did come back to get the yeah yeah. So I'm I'm asking just how long was that time frame of prior to picking up? I don't I don't know, sir. Okay, um, but did you have your phone then when you were looking for her or no? No, okay. I wasn't even thinking about the phone. But the phone. I, I know, I, mean, I, I wasn't even that, yeah. the phone wasn't even a a concern, sir. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Finding her was yep. the concern. For sure. So the phone really yeah. wasn't a concern. So you come back, you grab Dink, and then is that yeah. when you and Andrea have the conversation about what's going on? Or no, no. Or do you have the conversation prior to you leaving the, that long I, time? I never there? really talked to Andrea, period, until basically I talked to Aisha. You know what I'm saying? So Andrea had no idea until after you spoke with Aisha? She didn't have no idea, period. Like, she didn't have no full understanding of what was going on. Did she know Breeze was gone? Yeah, I guess she did. I don't. I don't know. What do you mean? You don't because know? I don't know if she went in the room. Okay. That that's one thing I don't know if she went in the room. So. So I, she knew you were upset or you were panicking about something, but she didn't know she what. Didn't know, but I know uh, when I came back to get Dink, Dink was laying on the couch. Okay. Dink was in the bed at first. Yep. So evidently she knew then. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That Bree is not in the house. Gotcha. You know I'm. I'm I mean. We didn't talk about that, okay. but I mean, it's like common sense type of thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, so putting two and two together. A child was missing from the apartment and none of the adults were talking about it because that totally makes sense. Henry claimed after he picked Dee up from the apartment, they drove around and around looking for Briasia. Later on, he made contact with Aisha and told her that her daughter was missing. They then met up at the McDonald's and she took Dee with her. He made no mention of Aisha chasing him down or that he had told her he was headed to the police station when he wasn't. Anyhow, after he spoke with the police officer at the apartment and that he did exchange with Aisha, you know, the one where he just left without letting the officer know he was leaving, Henry claimed he then went driving around again looking for Briasia. At some point, though, he couldn't remember the time 
he had to go to his RV to grab money so he could keep looking for the missing girl. RV, you ask? Yes, RV. As it turned out, Henry Dinkins owned an RV that he kept at Devon Self-Storage, which was in an industrial area and a fenced-in lot. Henry Dinkins went by his RV to pick up some money. According to him, he got the money, drove around, looking, and stopped at his sister's house. After that, he came on down to the police station. As it turned out, his sister was out of town apparently, so he didn't see her, and he sure as hell didn't want police to know her name or information. He also didn't want detectives to know where his maroon Chevy Impala, otherwise known as the purple car D had described, was. He didn't want to even admit to driving at some points, as it seems his license was suspended. But this was the case of a missing child. Suspended licenses were the least of police worries. However, that didn't stop Henry Dinkins from getting his panties in a bunch over it, telling the detective that he hadn't driven to the interview and that his Impala was out with his, quote, homies, but he could get it whenever he needed. Dinkins was also hesitant to hand over his phone, only agreeing to unlock it so the detective could take a look. And then after volunteering to unlock it, Dinkins became agitated as a detective stood over him watching as he unlocked his phone. But Dinkins wouldn't have to worry about the Impala or the cell phone for long, because as he sat there in that interview room, warrants were being drafted for the phone and the Impala had been located on a street a few blocks from the police station and it was being taken into police custody. Guess Dinkins was lying when he said his homies were out cruising in the Impala unless by homies, he meant Davenport police. Shockingly, this wasn't the only lie Henry Dinkins had told, and he certainly didn't consider the police his homies. Henry Earl Dinkins had lied from the moment he had met Aisha Langford, and part of the reason he hadn't been in his son's life was that he had been in and out of prison from the ripe old age of 17. Let's start with his habit of being less than truthful. Way on back when he first met Aisha, when she was just 18 years old, Henry Dinkins told her that he was in his early 20s, and if by early 20s he meant very late 30s, then he was telling the truth. Their relationship progressed and Aisha gave birth to Dee in 2011, and Henry Dinkins stuck around, but only until Dee was a few months old, and then he was out. From then on, contact with Dee or any of the kids was here and there. And according to Aisha, only when Dinkins wanted to show off a new car or girlfriend. And as far as police, well, Henry Dinkins knew police all too well and for all the wrong reasons. KCCI reported on Dinkins' criminal record, which dated all the way back to 1990, when he was 17 years old. In fact, he had only been out on parole for four months when Briasia vanished from his apartment. But let's start at the beginning. At 17, Henry Dinkins was convicted of third-degree sexual abuse of a child and required to register as a sex offender for life. The victim was a five-year-old little girl. Dinkins was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Following his release, he had been arrested and cited dozens of times on charges that include violating sex offender registry requirements, assault while displaying a dangerous weapon, domestic violence, drug possession, theft, and eluding police. Dinkins had been arrested at least five times since 2007 for driving while intoxicated. 
probably why he was so afraid of admitting he was behind yet another wheel, but anyway. A few of those notable DWIs were two in 2011, one in which he drove the wrong way on Interstate 80 and allegedly caused an accident involving multiple semi-trailers and cars. In the other incident that year, he was going 90 miles an hour while high through a residential area where children were playing. His SUV's engine later exploded. In 2014, officers used a stun gun and pepper spray to subdue Dinkins after he crashed his car while high on cocaine. In March of 2019, Dinkins was allegedly high on crack when he crashed into a yard while trying to flee from police. This was what had landed him in prison this last time, you know, when he was paroled early. But it wasn't his last arrest, because days after being out on bail for that charge, Henry Dinkins was arrested again while allegedly in possession of more than 900 grams of meth and 200 grams of amphetamine in Bureau County, Illinois. And he was released again from jail after posting a $100,000 bond. He faced the 2019 DWI charge first, and in October of 2019, was sentenced to up to five years in prison and barred from driving for six years. We totally called that one, didn't we? Anyhow, after being sent to prison, Dinkins completed a four-month substance abuse treatment program and, quote, secured full-time employment. And a probation officer recommended he be released early as early as March 19, 2020, after serving only months of a five-year prison sentence. And the Iowa State Parole Board released this degenerate back on the streets. And at the time he was released early from his prison sentence for being a good boy behind bars, Dinkins hadn't even faced his charges in Bureau County. You know, that one time he had more than 900 grams of meth and 200 grams of amphetamine. Is it even legal to parole someone who is still facing felony charges? Because it definitely shouldn't be. And the icing on top of the cracked out cupcake was that in 2009, Henry Dinkins had been charged with murder. The charge had been dropped after police determined he was only a witness and not the killer. But I'm not so sure. Are you? Anyhow, that's another story for another day. Briasia Terrell was missing. And Henry Dinkins was one of, if not the last, person to see this child. Investigators already knew he was lying minutes into the investigation. Those minutes turned into hours, and as time ticked on with no sign of Briasia, investigators and Briasia's family became more desperate to find her. The Davenport police had already called in a host of resources to include the FBI and an investigation to rival all investigations was launched. But that will have to wait until next week because unfortunately, we're out of time and there is so much more to this story. Join me next week, same time, same place, for part two of the case of Briasia Terrell. In the meantime, be sure to head over to my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcasts. I really want to hear what you guys think about today's case. You can finally get all your episodes ad-free just the way you like them for just $2 a month. And as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Go to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.